So, I wanted to start off the topic by pretty much addressing, like, I would say the foundation or the beginning for colored people in our pers- in my personal perspective on where it kind of begins because mm-hmm. like we've talked about before when you're born in Canada or anywhere where it's westernized uh, society you are influenced by a white agenda so yep kids no matter if you're Filipino, Mexican, Vietnamese, um black indigenous um there are those moments where you don't even as a kid realize that you're any different than anybody else Mm -hmm. and there are pivotal moments that you then realize oh wait actually actually, i am different different. i knew i was filipino because well i knew i came from the philippines because my parents came from the philippines yeah so that i understood but i didn't know how i was perceived in the world um i thought we all naively looked the same i thought that what i saw with my own eyes is what people saw how people saw me so i don't know if any other kid growing up in the 90s ever watched a show called the puzzle place but i was telling sadie about the show she has no idea what i'm talking about (laughs) no idea but um the show basically and correct me if i'm wrong for anybody that's listening you kind of know the synopsis of the show but it's i i believe five friends who are Muppet or puppet characters and they all come from different parts of the world Um, it was shown on PBS and the moment that I realized that I wasn't white is when I related to two characters two female characters on the show one was named Kiki and she would talk about her Mexican heritage I related to her because she had brown hair she had darker skin um, she had a little bit of an accent and that's how my parents were And then there was another character on the show. Her name was Julie. She's Chinese-American. And she also brought up a lot of different cultural things about being Asian. And I was like, wait, I know that I'm Filipino, which means I'm Asian. So that's what I look like. And so those were (laughs) the pivotal moments for me where I was like, but I relate to these two people and I'm not Mexican, nor am I Chinese. What does that mean? And... I don't know if it's common for other people that have immigrant parents, but my parents never talked to me about it specifically. It was just something that I learned on my own and yeah. it just was in now embedded in my mind. And I don't consciously feel like I walked around the world thinking like that as yeah. a kid at like six, five or six years old, but that was something that I learned on my own. And it mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, carried through with me, but I, I didn't apply it, if that makes any sense. It was just like one of the first things that came up, almost like in allergies where you don't know you have an allergy until the second time you come <laughs> in contact with it. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first time that I kind of had a hint of, oh, okay, but they look like that, so I look like that? But even then, I guess... Like elementary, would you say? That's yeah, early, early elementary. So what early like so in elementary six. you're from six years old to what eleven? Yeah. So even at that time, you're I think children's minds are still so pure in a sense when it comes to race mm-hmm. that like I had posted this on Instagram and it was that dad who called his son over and showed him four photos of mm-hmm. interracial kids. 
mm-hmm. he's like, what can you tell me about this? And at the time, the kid's like, well, two boys, two girls. Like, those are the mm-hmm. identifying factors. He's a boy. Mm-hmm. She's a girl. They're in the grass. So even when you were kind of questioning, oh, well, I'm not Chinese or I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. Hispanic, mm-hmm. but I have dark hair, you know, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? You probably mm-hmm. still kind of just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> go about my day. I'm going to go play kind of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So at that time, did you did you feel like there was something better, like or greater about being white? Like, did you did you have that sense already no. at that time that there was something that would get you farther? No, not no. that I thought of. To be honest, I, I mean, it's hard to say because I'm 29 years old now. So there's a lot of things in your memory that you kind of discard mm-hmm. because they're kind of useless to you, but. Thinking about it now, watching that show, I never was like, oh, this character was better than that character. Right, it yeah. was more like, oh, I kind of look like, if I were to take, you know, Kiki's skin, Julie's hair, and then mold those two, the cultural activities that they spoke about in the show together, mm-hmm. that's me. Mm-hmm. And then later on, as an adult, I start learning about Filipino history, and I'm like, oh, that's basically <laughs> it. Yeah. You know? So that's why being Filipino is kind of interesting because we have to realize that there are different waves that have come through the Philippines mm-hmm. that have influenced our physical characteristics and um, our, our cultural norms, but there also is a pre-colonial time that we don't really address either. Yeah. But in terms of, like, white is right, mm. I don't feel like I ever was raised in that environment personally i i don't remember hearing that yeah yeah not not to my knowledge to be honest maybe it's a different if it, it was a different um perspective for my older siblings because we're six and four years mm-hmm. apart what about for you i guess i guess well j- before i jump into mm-hmm. myself i guess just to touch on what you said about not actually hearing someone mm-hmm. say something along the lines of like right uh white is right mm-hmm. but maybe it was just things like like my dad would be like you're going like you're outside you're like you look so dark and he'd say things yes. like you look like an aboriginal oh. and i'd be like oh like and at the, when you're a kid though you're like whatever i'm yeah. i'm outside i'm having fun i that's don't care true. but it's yeah. you think in like retrospect you're like oh shit that's actually kind of racist right yeah. yeah and it goes back to the the comments about when you look into asian culture and this Mm -hmm. is like i think across the board for asians i think when you look at celebrities they always try to be lighter skinned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've seen people with um like bleaching soap Mm -hmm. at first i was like what is this (laughs) because i didn't know growing up and then i was told like oh it's to help you make your skin lighter lighter yeah and i was like oh okay and that i didn't probably come to that realization until i was in my 20s that Mm -hmm. that was actually going on but so maybe it's things like that that you kind of grow up with yeah that you see but don't really connect the pieces just yeah. yet yeah yeah so the influence which is, is there which but is also not crazy that you're saying that about vietnamese because i legitimately thought that vietnamese people didn't have melanin in their skin so they didn't tan. <laughs> and then no. now i'm seeing 
a, a lot of it, a meeting Vietnamese people and they're hella tan. And I'm like, where, where did you come from? Yeah, like, my whole life, I've mm-hmm. only ever thought that maybe Filipinos got tanned because of our Spanish influence and, yeah. you know, everything behind that. But then now you're saying like it's whitening. So also within your culture, I'm like mind blown right now because yeah. I'm like, it's, I genuinely thought. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think, I think it's a mix, right? It depends on where you're from in Vietnam. Mm. that's when like if you're working on the rice fields you're known mm-hmm. to be yes. darker but that again goes back to socioeconomic status mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to address your question in terms of like so for me it was it was more so so i'm biracial right my mm-hmm. dad is vietnamese and mom is like she's canadian yeah. i mean she's got european heritage but it's like she's i don't know how many generations into being Canadian. So I'm just going to say Canadian. And so growing up, it was, my household was very like Asian influence. Mm -hmm. So my mom, you know, really took on my dad's culture and religion. Mm -hmm. And like, we always grew up with Asian food and Mm -hmm. traditions and stuff like that. So I grew up always resonating more with my Asian side. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always knew I guess that I was half, but you don't really think anything of it. And I actually, this question of when did you first realize that you were white? Mm-hmm. I had to actually have the conversation with my brother because mm. I was like, I don't know. Was it, <laughs> was it, you know, TV? Like yeah. what influenced me to figure that out? And I was like sitting here and yeah. I was like, I don't know the answer to that. So I had to ask my brother, I'm yeah. like, Hey, when did you first realize that you were white and I'm gonna steal this from him so thank you to my brother because (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh yeah that's true but he said and I will agree with him he said that how many years apart we're six and a half years apart but like seven seven grades I guess okay so we never went to school together and stuff like that but he said that the first time that he can think about actually realizing that he was white or different I guess yeah because to give you some backstory too we went to very multicultural schools like I grew up with lots of Asians right mm-hmm. so my household was very Asian I grew up all my friends were Asian is it so ca- I, considered West End yeah West End yeah West End yeah yeah so you know like that's just the environment that I grew up in mm-hmm. so I first realized I was white when it would have to be junior high mm year seven year eight so like 12 Mm -hmm. or 13 years old when you first start getting the comments what What are are you you? (laughs) (laughs) right and you're like uh uh, human like i don't know me is sandy i I is sandy Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) right so you're like uh what is exactly that you're asking me yeah uh so you kind of stand there puzzled because you're you're like okay i'm not exactly sure what you're asking me but that's kind of when i first realized that I wasn't the same. And mm-hmm. it's kind of opposite, right? Because because I grew up in a very Asian-dominant school system, mm-hmm. being half-white and looking like... I don't look full Asian. There's Right. I've been told there's features of me that c- you can tell that I have Asian in me. Right, yeah. But if you didn't know me and didn't know my last name and kind of walked yeah. past me in the street, would you necessarily yeah. pick up that I was Asian? Maybe right. not. That's why I remember that one photo. So there's this photo at a birthday party and Sandy was hella tanned. So (laughs) Sandy was tanned. And I was telling Sandy, 
you know what? This is the first picture I ever I've ever seen of you that I'm like, wow, Sandy is Asian. <laughs> like, because yeah. it's true, you do have features, but you're. That's why I would honestly, I probably was one of those people that would look at you and be like, where are you? <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because it still happens. Like, even before I moved to Australia, I was at Barai, mm-hmm. and. This girl just, I don't know her. I don't i don't even think she knew the people that I was with. But she came right up to me and she's like, are, are you, you a half-er? Half-er? What, what are, are you? you? <laughs> I was like, uh, hi, nice to meet you. But it, it still happens. And I guess, yeah, that's probably the moment where I realized, oh, I'm different than, yeah. than everyone else that I'm going yeah. to school with. So That's crazy that it was like junior high. Because honestly... The puzzle place was the one thing, but also for context too, I went to a predominantly white school. At the time, it was mainly white. Mm. I was maybe one of five Filipinos okay. with, within my age range um, that I knew of, but mainly white. So it, yeah, it is very opposite of yours. Where I had to pick apart, like, oh, I'm, I'm not like the rest of these white people. Like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Whereas for me, it was like, oh, I'm not like the rest of the Asians. Like, yeah. part of me is not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is crazy to see that context of, like, mm-hmm. how growing up, it, like, depending on how you grew up, it amplifies how the how world you sees you. How you identify yourself. Yeah. 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 How the world sees you and then how you in turn see yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you grew up in in a school that had a lot of mainly white kids, which is fine. But did you, in elementary, ever feel any, even from teachers, I guess, like any racism towards you? Or did you even understand it at that point? I don't know I don't, if we would have, actually. I don't know if I really understood it at that point, because... For one, another thing you realize when you're older as well is that as a minority, you're also a minority when you're a female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So you get treated a certain way too. Like I was part of an enrichment program throughout my my um, elementary years and I kept trying to figure out, I kept trying to figure out why I was getting, actually, you know what? Yeah. Now that I think about it, teachers <laughs> did give me some sort of special treatment, but I, I thought it was maybe because I needed that treatment. And now you kind of have to figure out when you get older, like, was it racist or like, what was the intention behind the special treatment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it because I was smart or was it because they wanted me to be smarter or that they expected me to be smarter or that mm-hmm. like, and that's what really fucks you up when you get older. You're like, you start to question those things, like, yes, yeah, right. So even now, when I get older, and I, I honestly am still going through this now because during a point in time when I was in middle school to high school, you start to question if the expectations based on your race change the motivation for your intel, like the motivation for you to continue to be smart like if you're if your race is constantly being told that uh you guys are like mediocre Mm, mm -hmm. then you're just like okay then what's the point in trying so hard because i'm just gonna be mediocre yeah right like Mm -hmm. but throughout elementary i was in an enrichment program i was the only girl for 
the first few years and then another girl came in and then I tried to think if the enrichment program was specifically just for smart kids or if it was for colored people because there was only one white kid and we were all colored (laughs) from what I remember yeah now and I'm just yeah you just think about it but Hmm. not it's funny teachers I don't know my my friend was telling me earlier that um he was put into ESL which is like English second Mm -hmm. language Mm -hmm. in elementary they just assumed like so he's full Chinese yeah and I like I don't know what they based it on maybe (laughs) parents not speaking good English I don't know but they enrolled him into ESL when he was born here (laughs) what right so it's like oh english isn't his second language he act like hmm and he actually like english is his first language and they just assumed so yeah like so in situations like that it's kind of like oh well did you just put me in here because (laughs) you think i don't know english like Mm -hmm. i was born here you Mm -hmm. know Mm mm-hmm but i don't know if they just i don't know like i don't know how the school system the criteria is for that yeah, like, how do you choose which students need to be an English second language? Yeah. Is it, you know, because they've immigrated or because you're just right. looking at them and saying, like, oh, this kid probably can't speak the yeah. language? And you're hoping that the system has changed, that maybe You'd everybody takes, is, yeah. like, an English vocabulary right. test at the beginning right. of the year to gauge. Yeah. Because, yeah. let's be honest, honest, there's some people who are not colored and have really bad English. Worse English <laughs> than those of color. I did spelling too. So maybe you should be an ESL. <laughs> I don't know. It's, language is so interesting to me. And also the fact that a child can be bilingual means that they will learn English a lot faster or another language a lot faster. Right. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to ask you these questions because your parents are in an inter- or they're an interracial couple. Yeah. And it, it boils down to wondering, because I've never been in an interracial relationship before, yeah. to know what it's like. So we are raised in Canada. We live in Canada. We know the white influence. We speak the English language. Mm-hmm. We know the, the white etiquette um, and all that. But how much of, if you're dating a white person, are they going to take and acknowledge from your culture? Because you already have an advantage almost because... You know, you know the, you, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I've always wanted to know that too. And like, it's interesting because you're saying like, you know, your mom adopted the yeah. religion, uh, the religion and the culture and the food and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is something I've always wondered if that's just something that goes through somebody's head when they're in an interracial couple. Honestly, I have <laughs> maybe biased opinions about this, but mm-hmm. um, this is just from experience. So like growing up, I think, okay, personally, I think it's the individual. Mm-hmm. They they will decide whether or not they are curious or keen enough to acknowledge their partner's culture, mm-hmm. religion, mm-hmm. beliefs. Right. Um, but some people just don't want to do it. I feel like at one point, no, no offense, offense to anybody, to anybody that, that is listening, listening to this, this but <laughs> it was like a fad to date an Asian girl or, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let me just do this because everyone else is doing it. And again, I'm biracial, but I do mm-hmm. identify with a lot of my Asian side. And right. so, you know, a lot of the things that I do, a lot of the things that I eat, a lot of the ways that I practice relate to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've gone on 
dates with people that it's kind of like, oh, are you just doing this because you just want to see what it's like to date an Asian? Right. I've never and, thought about it that way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because I question, I'm like, am I allowed to think <laughs> this way because I am half white? Like, am I allowed to think this way? Mm -hmm. um, but because I do relate so much more to the Asian side of me, I'm just kind of like, well take the time to understand like what all that is to me right but perfect yep. example is this one guy that i was dating <laughs> he was like super keen that i was asian but at the same time when he would like look at how super keen like i'm not let's let's not go into that <laughs> <laughs> i want to know what kind of language guys are using to make somebody think that a guy is keen on the fact that you're asian like pointing out that kind of shit is like they, well they'll they'll mention the fact that like you're asian and stuff like that but like this is my girlfriend sandy she's half asian like, yeah. is that how we introduce it? Well, like, oh not girlfriend. Gosh. Not girlfriend. Okay, but, like, this is Sandy. Oh, this She's is... half Asian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, what? I've told her, I've told them, like, blah, 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 like, about, like, mention the fact that I'm Asian. It's like, you just can't introduce me <laughs> to be, like, Sandy. This is Sandy, the person that I'm talking to, this you know? This is Sandy, the Asian. <laughs> Everybody. Welcome her <laughs> to this <laughs> white community. community. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so things like that. But then when we had moments where there was like no one else around and it was just like the two of us talking uh, so i have yeah. for those of you that don't know like there's this my buddha on my sleeve mm -hmm. right and so it would be like weird uncomfortable comments about like them feeling uncomfortable with my tattoo and i'm oh. like okay is it the fact that i have tattoos or is mm -hmm. it what is tattooed on me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I tried to, like, evaluate the situation because I was like, am I just being sensitive? I don't right. know. Right. But in his group of friends, he had people with, like, he didn't have tattoos, but, you know, people within his group of friends had tattoos. Like, I'd seen them and stuff like that. So I was like, what? And it's not like he brought it up just once. He had brought <laughs> it up, like, on multiple occasions where oh I was like, God. what is it? What is wrong with me having, like, a Buddha on my arm? Because that's hmm. part of who I am. That's yeah. part of what I believe in. And there's, if you had asked what the tattoo means to me, I right. would have explained to you the significance. Right. But instead, you're just staring at me like, that's, that's kind of weird. weird. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, are you well, trying to make... that comment's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I'd sit there and be like, I don't even know, how do I respond to that? Yeah. That's weird. Have you, and did I just, you ever my talk? My gears would grind because I'd be like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a Buddha? Like, <laughs> it's one of those, what are you asking exactly? Yeah, like, like sorry, what? what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, <laughs> what exactly do you mean by that? And that's just, that's just one of my experiences where I was just like, mm. you, Did you ever get to, down to it? Like, telling him about, or getting that answer like what what do you mean? no you know what i didn't um it obviously didn't work for many reasons <laughs> one of those being that being that um but i guess it just goes to, like growing up i because i'm biracial because mm -hmm. i look probably more white than i do asian mm -hmm. depending i guess but like depending on who's who you ask but for the most part I could go either way I guess mm -hmm. so 
being on the receiving end of racism, I've recognized like growing up my entire life that I know it's there. I've seen it mm-hmm. happen, but has it happened to me as much as it has my friends? No, and I know that. Mm-hmm. And so for me growing up in Canada, going to very Asian schools and being surrounded and being close to lots of Asians, I never really felt it because I was like, oh, well, we're all Asian. You don't really mm-hmm. feel it directed to you. Yeah. When I first started feeling out of place as an Asian was when I moved to Australia. Mm. Which so, is crazy because that's your late 20s. And you're like, yeah, I moved when I, was, <laughs> when I was 28. That's when I first, mm-hmm. not yeah. when I first realized, but when it really kind of like slapped me in like the face. It was like really directed. Yeah. And you. I was like, oh shit, I kind of feel weird about yeah. this. <laughs> I feel some time away about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like a total flip for me because... I grew up in an area that was, again, predominantly Asian. When I moved to Australia, I lived in a very white neighborhood. Right. I, like, like like every city has, you've got suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. And this is how systemic racism happens, too. The redlining. I think that's what it's called, right? Redlining. I think so. Yeah. So every community, and I think this happens probably in all Western countries, but you've got these specific suburbs And whether that's because of redlining or because people just tend to go where they feel comfortable and something that's familiar. So they end up, you know, residing in same areas. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. But the area that I grew up in or the area that I lived in in Australia was very white. White. And so even (laughs) just walking to the grocery store, you'd kind of feel like, oh, I'm the only Asian in this room right now. Right. Mm hmm. And it actually, the first time, have you ever heard of casual racism? I mean, I can, I can understand the term just from how it's presented. Yeah. But so, is there like a specific... So I actually, I first learned about casual racism when I moved to Australia because mm. I'd come back from a date and I had told my housemate, oh, so a funny thing happened on this date today. And he's like, what happened? And I said... When I met the guy, one of his first comments to me was, you, you look, look more, more Asian, Asian in photos. photos. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. okay. But I kind of just like laughed it off because I was like, uh, whatever. Because like, again, I've grown up my entire life almost being asked, what are right, you? Right, right. Are you white? Are you Asian? Like, what are you? So to me, I was just like, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, but Okay. <laughs> And I went home and told my housemate that, and he went off. He was so upset, and I was like, "Why are you upset?" And he's like, "Australia is so racist. <laughs> like, we're so subtly, casually racist." And that's when I first learned the term. And so I was like, "Oh, like, what does this mean?" So, what by definition, casual racism is just like a form of racism, but it refers to conduct involving negative stereotypes or prejudices about people on the basis of race, color, and ethnicity. So, so it's like, like Canada. Yeah, so it's like those casual jokes that we just throw into conversation with stereotypes of people on, you know, race. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. And that's when I started kind of diving more into it because you just, I don't know if it woke me up. (sighs) Maybe. Because now you kind of start to reflect on, wait, have there been these casual moments that I just 
right? These like that racial just, infractions that yep. da- through the daily come through and we're just like, it doesn't hurt that bad. So whatever. So is it really racist? Right. And then, right. and then I was like, okay, how much of this have I actually just brushed off? Mm-hmm. And then you have to question, which I question myself, am I being too sensitive? Mm-hmm. Right. And I would and never so- think, I would never say to somebody that they're being too sensitive when it's like, Something that's so generalized. That's yeah. not being sensitive. That's just, you're seeing it for what it is. Yeah. And that's, those are things that I had to ask myself over this past like year and a bit after moving there is, am, am I, I being, being too, too sensitive, sensitive about the topic, topic of race? Of race? Mm-hmm. Because I guess I never, I've never had to, to be honest, like in this detail, I guess, yeah. have to question that before. But now that I like know these things about casual racism, I'm like, oh shit, there's actually so many things that even I do that contribute to this casual racism mm-hmm. that has just become almost normalized yeah. in society. Definitely. I think also a layer to that too is realizing because we're this generation now of Canadian-born Asians, the stereotypes aren't as true or did it right. hold the same potency as they did when immigrants came, right? Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. that is the interesting context. Like, me and Kevin just had a conversation about, okay, so in Canada, we're not Canadian. In the Philippines, we're not Filipino. They still look at us like, you're not really Filipino. You're yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's it's this weird... Honestly, it's the responsibility that we've really been seeing everywhere right now of the western culture to accept the shit that's going on because we're born here we're Mm -hmm. canadian Mm -hmm. we have a specific ethnicity background but like we're canadian yeah so and and it comes down to like those those racial stereotypes that really don't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. i even had my driving instructor who is Chinese, say Asians are the worst drivers. Oh my God. (laughs) And in my head, it's this weird, like, it almost is this, like, you can't, you don't know how to process it. Yeah. Like, are you talking about Asian Canadians or Asians directly from Asia? Like, which one? Because as far as I know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm an incredible driver, first of all. <laughs> and I am Asian. So yeah. I took offense to it and I was like, uh, I don't think that's true, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, sure. But I've heard that saying so often that I'm just like, that's not true. Yeah. In, in my circle of Asians that I know, like maybe some of us are a little aggressive than others. But, <laughs> but that comes with anybody. That is yeah. not definitive by color of skin. Exactly. That comes with exactly. any human person. Exactly. But that goes back to the stereotypes which contribute to casual racism. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who else doesn't know about casual racism, but I just think it's so important to just know what that is and how you contribute to that. Because that's, I think a lot of the times when we think of racism, we think of negative discrimination, exclusion, stuff like like that. Yeah, like the obvious. The obvious racist racism. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so when people come back to you and say, that's not racist, you're going to be like, what? Like, who are you? It's all about intent as well, right? Like, yeah. how am I feeling about that remark that you're making based on the color of my skin or where I've come from or where my yeah. parents have come from? So you may not feel like it's 
<laughs> insulting and you're just joking. But what matters is how I interpret that. Yeah, I received it. Mm-hmm. When you hear, you're going to be very highly sensitive to it now because of every mm-hmm. the, the climate that we're in right now. Yeah. You're going to be very highly sensitive to all the shit that's being said. And I encourage you to just call it out and be like, that's kind of racist. Mm-hmm. And just see what gears turn in the other person's head. And if it's defensive, then okay, you definitely have heard this before then. Yeah. If you're getting defensive about it. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting defensive about it, that means maybe this is the first time you've ever heard it and you're willing to understand what about it is yeah, racist. Yeah, and maybe you just didn't you didn't understand or yeah. realize what was racist about it. And that's right. okay, yep. right? But what's important is that you take that moment to reflect and be like, oh. On what you just said. Crap, yeah. What did I just <laughs> say? So even the question... What did you mean by that comment? Mm-hmm. Throws it back at them for them to evaluate on their own and make that decision about, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And yeah. why? Yeah. Instead of you just like accusing them of being racist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can throw it back at them and make them ha- come to that self-realization that, <laughs> yeah. ooh, that probably wasn't the best thing to say. And that's what it is too. Like call it mm-hmm. out and get them to do the fucking thinking don't mm-hmm. don't sit there and waste your energy and your breath teaching somebody mm-hmm. something they should have used their brain to say mm-hmm. like think, think about, about what you say before you say, you say it, it. <laughs> yeah and i've had i've been in a situation where someone has said something racist not to me because mm-hmm. again what i find is that people forget that i'm asian <laughs> Yeah. right so like then things... spy in, in yeah <laughs> kind of right so then it's like i kind of just blend in and then they'll say something and then i'll look at them to be like and then what Sandy's the fuck Asian did comes you just out. <laughs> yeah. uh, what and then and then they realize in that moment because i've been in a situation where it's just two people they say something i look at them and then immediately they're like oh shit i wasn't trying to be racist <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> that should Whatever be like a say. show in itself where you're like this light-skinned, blonde, blue-eyed and you're just like in the crew and then somebody says something and it's just like Asian. <laughs> just flips <laughs> just and, appears. and transforms into an Asian person. <laughs> like some X-Men shit. Like you know, oh, Asian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. It's just those little things. Like People need to get checked and I, you do have mm-hmm. to do it in a graceful way too. I mean... If you've gone through this life hearing this shit, there is a point in time when there's no more grace and there's no mm-hmm. more fucking patience mm-hmm. and you're just like, enough is enough. It's kind of annoying. Exactly. And just, <laughs> I have another example. When I was in nursing school, we had a presentation in class about racism and also about discrimination against the LGBT population. Mm-hmm. And after that presentation, there was... A girl in my class, and she wasn't she wasn't Canadian. She was European, I believe. Okay. Like, but she was an immigrant to Canada, and she wasn't like she didn't have color to her, but she was still right. not from Canada. But she yeah. had turned to me and said, "Ugh, racism, racism doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore." anymore. <gasps> yeah, I'm not even kidding. And then we got into an argument, and she was supposed to be, or she was, my partner for that oh. term to do projects, and. It was the worst rest of the semester because after that, we just weren't on good terms because I turned to her and said, are you kidding me? Whoa. Do you really not believe that racism doesn't exist anymore because it's not within your bubble because you Mm -hmm. don't see it? Yeah. That's interesting. And no matter what I said to her, and even though that presentation that day in class 
was had real life people <laughs> that gave examples that happened you know within a month of that presentation she yeah. still did not believe that what they were saying was true and that is a shame because how have you been so blind to it yeah and i think it is too when people say terminologies like that but don't have a resume full of requirements to even be able to say that like mm. oh I didn't know you were born colored yeah <laughs> for you to make that kind of comment because we live through it every day mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. oh I guess that just because you said it doesn't exist like I guess it doesn't exist you're right yeah <laughs> it's uh I can't even explain how frustrated I was though in that moment because even though I hadn't been necessarily like the target all the time mm-hmm. to racial comments, I was still knowledgeable enough to know that it was alive and real. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't have tunnel vision almost. Like I, I just feel I don't know. I don't know where she was coming from. I can't. I'm not even sure. Yeah, she didn't like. What did she even say to justify? Like what? epiphany did she have to justify that to be honest i can't even i can't even remember anymore you just like saw red you're like fuck yeah like (laughs) fuming (laughs) like angry these are the facts (laughs) (laughs) and it's not even like i'm not trying i don't know just stand up for what you believe in basically right Mm -hmm. and if this is meaningful to meaningful to you just but it is also having the conversation yeah, and uh, being okay with finding somebody on the opposing side to have that conversation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I mean there's a ton of resources you can watch so many videos on two people from opposing sides um, there's a perfect I think it's called Jubilee on YouTube and they've done these exact um, interviews with two people like one Muslim one Christian one okay. this one that mm-hmm. and it's very interesting the conversations you see because these are also two opposing sides that would never be in an environment to confront each other ever mm-hmm. so it's easy for them to just keep the separation because they don't expose themselves to a situation where they would ever have to experience yeah talking about it because mm-hmm. I'll be honest like well, I heard this from from the, the internet when people are like, <laughs> racism isn't for white people, it's by white people. So yeah. you can't use counter-racism on white people. So I'm like, okay, so what is it called then? Because to be honest, growing up, and I think there's a lot of Filipinos that can vouch for this shit, if you weren't raised in a white is right environment, you definitely have a bunch of very negative stereotypes about white people. Mm-hmm. that you were raised with and that's real shit and i i challenge any white person to ask their asian friend or their colored friend and be like what kind of uh stereotypes are said about white people yep. in in your group mm-hmm. because what what i want to continue making people understand is there is a narrative that is being projected that everybody thinks white is right and this is not true <laughs> and we, mm-hmm. we as colored people may have done things to survive because we know we had to survive in the Western society. So we had to yeah. talk a certain way. We had to dress a certain way. We had to keep up on certain pop culture issues just to, to navigate through this white society. But don't think for a second that we, some of us or all of us thought that you were above us. Right. 
It's just the system was rigged in a way that the only way for us to survive and get through was to follow through with what the system told us we needed to do mm-hmm. to get exactly yep. to success. So I don't like honestly hearing these articles and these narratives of, of, oh, you know, we should change the narrative to tell colored people that white people aren't better than them. And that for one thing, never in my life did I ever think a white person was better than me. Mm-hmm. So let's get that clear for one second. Mm-hmm. What I did know was how to play the system to get to where I needed to go. Yes. Yeah. So checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> checkmate. <laughs> Jokes on you guys, because yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of us out there that know how to play the system to get to where we need to go. Yep. And now that we have this privilege, we're, we're actually at a way more dangerous spot for white supremacy because we have this privilege we've learned how to play the game game and we're telling everybody how to do it too and that is what the crazy part about is that is going on right now is we are exposing things that we are knowledgeable about now Mm -hmm. because we've gone through the system through these experiences and we play the game to funny enough you thinking that we thought you were better than us if we thought that way then we would have just stayed in our own little bubble and tried not to succeed right yeah and maybe that's just my privilege if that I knew how to figure out how to play the game or that I could, I had that kind of duality in the sense of I can turn on proper English and talk a certain way. And then mm-hmm. I can also talk a different way, you know, when it comes down to, I don't know, youth, I guess, but I don't know. The youth mm-hmm. slang is like so different now. I can't even talk yeah, to them. It is, it is. <laughs> but what I mm-hmm. did know is how the world saw white people better than us, not how I saw white people better than us. Do you think, though, so that's how you grew up, and I feel the same way, like, I don't feel, yeah. and whether that's because I'm half white or not, mm-hmm. like, I just, I never felt like white was better. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, though, that our parents or our grandparents see it differently? Well, having these conversations with my dad because I had to ask him straight up with the, with mm-hmm. the climate that we're in right now. You know, was there ever a point in the Philippines that specifically that you remember where they were like, in the opposite way, like, black is bad. Yeah. And he came from the side of social construct. It's, it's not in a sense of black is bad. It was, if you were darker, you most likely would not get the higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were like mestiza, which is the term that we use for light-skinned girls and mestizo for light-skinned boys, or if you want to interpret it as half or whatever, but that you would get a ch- uh, an easier chance at higher education. And the crazy thing is, is like that is so deep rooted that it's so hard to break that system mm-hmm. because they're already 405 years, 400, 500 years ahead of everybody else. And that's already a created system. And that goes on here too. And so when I was talking to my dad, he's like, it, it, it went through social class. When I came here though, it's like they put a face to the color. In the mm-hmm. Philippines, they taught the colorism scale. You come to Canada, they teach you that black is at the bottom. Yeah. And white is at the top. Because in the Philippines, they're all Filipino. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then they come here and they're like, okay, so that guy is white. So he's at the top and black is the darkest of the dark. So So now it's not linked to just the shade of skin that you have with the same race. Now it's connected to individual races. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
that is what was interesting to me. And I think I'm, that's why I'm having a difficult time with this entire situation is because I don't remember ever being taught that at home, that there was that division because my grandparents were heavy into like blues and jazz and reggae mm -hmm. and um, growing up, me and my family was into hip hop and um, soul, gospel music, all that kind of stuff. So we were surrounded by that. And I found it weird when people weren't into that. Yeah, because that was your norm. That was Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. With my parents, it's hard to say because I don't know. And maybe my siblings had a different perspective. Maybe I came in during a time where my parents kind of went through that situation or yeah. through that phase. Mm -hmm. And also, too, you have to realize when you get older, you have um, naturally, just cognitively, you discard and restructure your memory to however you see it now yeah so maybe back then they thought it specifically for that because I, I will say my mom used to talk about like not bringing a black boy home and we used to ask her why and she's like well because I I, I speak Tagalog like it's going to be really hard for me to communicate and so I'm like okay uh... and then she's like even the same for a white guy too like I just, I wouldn't know how to communicate because I speak mostly Tagalog. Like, my mom is far more foreign speaking than my dad is. He speaks much better English. Mm -hmm. But for her, it was kind of that. Like, it was her insecurity of, like, well, like, how do I talk to this person? <laughs> <laughs> for me, anyway, my siblings can attest to a different story. But yeah. that's just how it was. it was presented to me. But it never was, like, absolutely don't date this person because they're yeah. bad yeah um it was more so like my mom would say this term in Tagalog where it's nakakahiya like they're kind of shy it's it's almost shameful mm. right because she wouldn't know how to present it yeah. but you know over time you make friends with certain people they meet yeah. your friends and they're like oh okay whatever mm -hmm. it's fine so see for me it was kind of like mixed I was it's a little confusing actually because I grew up really resonating with my Asian side and mm -hmm. all that but at the same token when people would ask me like oh how come you don't know how to speak Vietnamese mm -hmm. I had to every time I asked my dad it was always an argument and hmm. my brother can say this too like he can vouch for that but so you kind of just like well fuck like I don't know then I don't know like why I don't know he never yeah. taught me right but then when I dove deeper into it like a few years ago to really question why I why he never taught me and like the things mm -hmm. that he said to me growing up and I think a part of it was because he came he was a refugee to Canada right. he didn't speak the language necessarily in Vietnam like maybe a little but not not fluently you know like English so, English yeah mm -hmm. so coming to Canada having to struggle to mm -hmm. speak a different language, I th and this is I don't know because my dad has never had the conversation with me, but I feel potentially like he felt that English, knowing English, was the better way to go because that right. would get me farther in education, exactly. yep. in jobs, in success. And at the end of the day, I find that a lot of immigrant parents just want what's best for their children exactly. and often that means getting a good job being financially mm -hmm. stable right. and 
how do you get that? By knowing English right. in Canada. And so, although, again, I don't know his actual reasons for not having me be bilingual, mm-hmm. that is the only explanation I have based on other comments that he made growing up. Yeah. Is he felt that the way for me to have a better life was if I spoke good English. Right. And so that's what he prioritized was that I knew how to speak English. Right. And it could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah. that's just the only way that I can rationalize <laughs> why. Yeah, but that makes sense too because also he kind of divided what was... It's not like he completely washed all the culture out of you. Because mm-hmm. he did show you the culture, the religion, yeah. the the food, yeah. all of that. But he's just... It is the sacrifices that your parents have to do yeah. with their own identity mm-hmm. to ensure that in this world, in this society that you have the advances that you can because they already know that by being an immigrant child, you already have a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing that I want anybody who's white or anybody who doesn't really grasp that idea to hear is the perspective of thinking about being a parent and then you have your children and they're already born. You know that they're born disadvantaged because of what their ethnicity is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just born that way. There was yeah. nothing you could have done. Yeah. So now you have to go through that grueling process of, okay, I obviously want them to know their heritage, but what is it going to take to make sure that they advance as far as they can and that their heritage doesn't hold them back? That in itself, that Mm -hmm. conversation in itself is so fucked up. Yeah. And that's how you can tell that the system is rigged when people come to this country and that's how they have to think Mm -hmm. that being bilingual isn't an advantage. Right. Like, what? I think right? that's a, a crazy advantage. I know. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. And But at the time, right, like when you have to consider and make that decision, mm-hmm. I kind of like that split decision about what do I do to ensure that my child yes. has the most opportunity right. in the world that I'm going to raise them in. Yeah. And that's the Western world of Canada, the U.S., Mm-hmm. You have to make sacrifices, sacrifices, like you said, and yeah. unfortunately, I think that was one of the ones. Yeah. That was that my dad had to make because you can see like his frustration sometimes. Like he's better now, but it's thirty years in, right? Like yeah. And his frustration with just like, I don't know how to express myself. I don't know how to say. People don't understand me. You know. Mm. And then does he not... speak Vietnamese? My dad. Yeah. Oh yeah fluently still okay but But he doesn't speak it around you like do you guys understand it i can understand bits and pieces of it Mm -hmm. he speaks he speaks it enough around me that Mm -hmm. there's parts that i pick up and having him taking me back to vietnam a few times to see family Mm -hmm. and just Mm kind of see where we came from Mm -hmm. also helped but Mm -hmm. when you don't use something regularly you just don't retain it it. right and for sure Mom, though, kudos to mom for she can understand it. Cool. You know, she... That's such a cool trick to have. It's crazy because she's blonde, <laughs> Mama Trung going to the <laughs> nail salons and like schooling yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah see, that, that was, was a, a casual, casual stereotype, stereotype right there. Did you guys yeah. catch that one? <laughs> casual <laughs> Nail salon. Or casual racism. That was yeah. that right there. Did and you catch it? it's funny because my cousin owns a nail salon. <laughs> right? Yep. But those so. are also a different conversation too, is just understanding the um, what 
lanes immigrants were given in yeah. order to create businesses to stay in this country. Exactly. That's a whole other history situation. Look yep. it up if you want to. But there are definite um, avenues that certain cultures were allowed to even open up businesses. Mm-hmm. Hence why you see a lot of Chinese restaurants. Yep. And that is, what was that? The um, the railroads, no? They were supposed yeah. to be sent back, but then they gave them an avenue to open up restaurants in order to stay. That's why you see Chinatowns in a lot of different places because that's kind of the only way they could stay. Mm-hmm. So think about that. That's like another piece of history. Obviously, I'm not a historian, so, so whoever's listening, listening to this and judging me, me it's, it's just what I know off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to connect the dots as quickly exactly. as I can. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's those crazy things. And language is so interesting. Like, I, my grandmother on my mom's side, my Inang, spoke, like, no English. So she only spoke Tagalog. And that, mm-hmm. thank God for her, because that is how I think I retain so much. Because she only spoke to you Because she only spoke to me mm-hmm. in Tagalog, and I, yeah. had, I had to understand. Like, imagine being, I think I was four or five. We went to a grocery store, and I was her translator. Oh my god. So I'm walking in there and there's this one instance that will always be in my head because I always tell this story to my family. We go to the grocery store and she's talking to a a store clerk and they're kind of going back and forth and I can tell like there's that barrier. So I come in and I'm like, oh, Inang, like what do you need? And she's, she told, she, what I overheard her saying to the clerk lady was Bristables. And the lady was like, Bristol board? And I was like, no, she's saying vegetables. Vegetables. It's also understanding that some people who don't speak our language can't understand the accents that are behind them, exactly. too. And, yeah. like, it's just, for people who don't know, like, a certain person's language, just don't get frustrated. Just really try to hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, the way I said it, it sounds pretty obvious and juicy. <laughs> Vegetables. <Yeah>, <laughs> If you ever come across this podcast and you're like, oh, oh shit, shit, that, that was, was me? me? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My family never purposely taught me Tagalog. It just, it was there and, and mm-hmm. I had to Which I, I think is, it. it's such a huge advantage and but that's you do what I wish it. my dad did. You I do wish lose that it. he... Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't use it. So, unfortunately, that is how I had to grow up not knowing my language but Mm -hmm. i mean again it goes back to the sacrifices that your parents have to make in that moment and absolutely because you're a halfer did you ever have to witness like casual racism within your vietnamese like family or community or anything like that where they would be like yeah she's white (laughs) you know what i not really within my family but to be honest, growing up in a very Asian school system, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever told anybody this before, but <laughs> I, because I identified more with my Asian side, I grew up feeling more, I don't know if ashamed is too strong of a word, but mm. more ashamed of my white half because mm. I was made fun of for being white. 
not for being that's what Asian, set you apart from because that else. was what made me different from everybody else. So yeah. I grew up more feeling like I wish kind of that I was just full Asian. So I'd sure. fit in. Yeah. And it wasn't till I was older that I appreciated more having both. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I actually felt more targeted for being half white because that's mm-hmm. where I was made more fun of. Like I still yeah. get comments, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't affect me anymore because I like, you grow up and you realize it's whatever. But yeah. when you're impressionable as a child and you're just yeah. trying to find your way and fit in, yeah, I felt more, yeah, like I was more targeted for being You're just white. like, I hope they don't notice that I'm half white. I know, <laughs> like and then I walk there. in and I'm like pale, <laughs> like so yeah. pale, don't Super even have pale. dark hair. Did you cut, oh, you did cut the across the, across the face bang. See, that's yeah, casual I, racism right there. <laughs> But it happens sometimes when you just try to fit in, you do as much as you can. Yeah. Right? And I was talking to Kevin the other day about this too. And it's funny that this is the moment in time that we're getting to right now. Because let's let's be honest, because I'm guilty of this too. I was flooded by a lot of Western influence the past couple years. Like to dress a certain way, Mm -hmm. um, to talk a certain way. And you you get like that when you're, you're in the workspace that you are and... For yep. me, I'm a lash tech and I serve um, mainly a specific area that's white. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to speak their language yeah, and you learn how to see what they like to talk about and you get influenced by the places they shop at because that's what they're telling you about and mm-hmm. this and this and that. That's and you right. go through, yeah, you go through that, those, those moments of like, you're kind of losing your identity because you're getting influenced by what's consistently around you. Yeah. And so this was kind of like a wake up call. Like it wasn't this year. It was when I, it was, it was last year. It was when I then started to realize like, oh shit, like I don't even know why I'm dressing this way anymore. Let me bring, <laughs> let me bring let me back go. my hoop earrings again. Because yeah. like, what are these pearl stud earrings I'm trying to fucking wear? Like, I'm like an old lady, <laughs> an old, like white lady. What the with fuck the, is going on? With the gray curly hair. And the yeah, pearl exactly. <laughs> do i want to wear pearls and and all of this tweed like what the fuck is going that's on that's funny because it sounds like my mom's grandma like i look at pictures <laughs> yeah. of grandma that's exactly <laughs> and there was a moment in time and i'm guilty of it that i was obsessed with that and it was during the time of that show gossip girl oh yeah gossip girls right and i was like obsessed with blair waldorf and she's like snooty and she dresses like a socialite but like mm-hmm. Like an old lady socialite, <laughs> yeah. right? So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Wear like headbands <laughs> and pearl earrings. Like, who the fuck? <laughs> what? It was just funny for me. I was just like, what the fuck am I wearing? <laughs> like, who am I? <laughs> so then I brought back the like hoop earrings, tied my hair back. Mm-hmm, that's more like, you. Grow. That was more me. That's more I'd, you. I'd Ooh. always been like that. But it's so funny when you think about it and you're like, okay. I don't know who that was for a second. And it dawned on me because I had a friend of mine. I was with another friend of ours who's Filipino, um, who is also in the hip-hop scene as well, heavily in the hip-hop scene. And our white friend, who's Italian, Italian Italian white, white, that's that's still still white white people, people. Mm -hmm. Italian white, (laughs) was saying, um, yeah, like, it's kind of crazy that you guys grew up in the same area because he talks black and you talk white. And I was like... oh. What? 
And I started to think about that. And I was like, what does that mean? Talking white and then talking black, right? And that's mm-hmm. that slippery slope that you're like, what are you trying to imply? And I was just, I had to sit there for a second and be like, <laughs> wait, how do I even talk? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't even know. It's funny that you mentioned that because I had someone say to me, oh, like, yeah, you're very Asian in, like, the way that you act, but you talk white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the same thing, and I'm like, what, what do, do you mean, mean I, I talk, talk white? white? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. I still yeah. don't really understand. But... I know. Uh, it's, mm. it's funny. And I get that all the time, too, with my clients. We talk about politics. We talk mm-hmm. about, you know, human issues and stuff like that, and then... Uh, there was one time, uh, they're like, oh, what are you doing this week? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to a concert. And I'm telling them who, I was like, oh, it's Lauren Hill and Nas. And they're like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's hip hop music. And they're like, you listen to hip hop music? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also too, like with tattoos, right? If yep. somebody's never seen you with your tattoos and then all of a sudden you show them, they're like, what, who the fuck are you? Like as yeah. if it's some sort of uniform you just threw on you're like a different person okay still the same person but sure so being in the dating world and you know you have this small talk Mm. right Mm -hmm. where you're like what's your favorite music or like what do you (laughs) listen to or blah 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 right and sometimes it's not just the question of what do you listen to i've been listening to i've been asked so do you listen to country music because you're white white? (laughs) 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 or i'll I'll be like oh no you know i actually listen to like hip-hop (laughs) r&b Yeah. Oh, of course you do. You're Asian. Well, like what? What? <laughs> Which one is it? Pick one. Okay? I know. I know. <laughs> so I've like had conversations like that during small talk on dates where it's those stereotypes just come out in conversation, and yeah. it goes back to the casual racism. And should I be offended yeah. by this? <laughs> like I'm not sure because it's so know. casual. I just laugh at shit. I'm just <laughs> it's sometimes it's so ridiculous that you it can't is. just help but laugh. Yeah. And then some sometimes people are like, "What are you laughing about?" Be like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard exactly. before." And I think we've talked about this before. So listen, listen up, up, white, white people. people. This is specifically for you. When you meet another Asian or another colored <laughs> person, please do not make reference to a famous person of that same ethnicity. Because it's the weirdest fucking thing. Yes. Like, we don't know how to respond to it. And usually, if you're Filipino, because we're known mm-hmm. to be passive and we're known to be very nice, we'll just be like, ha ha ha, so, so funny. funny. But it's not, it's actually really <laughs> weird. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's happened to me before when, or several times. I get, oh, uh, what are you? Mm-hmm. And I've only started to learn how to counteract it, and I'll get to that to, in a second, but. I've started to, uh, or in those moments, somebody would be like, oh, what are you? And obviously I'm like, Filipino, because I know what you're asking me. Mm-hmm. I feel like Filipino. They would say things like, oh, you speak good English. English. Or somebody would be like, oh, Manny Pacquiao. And I'd kind of short circuit and be like, is he here? Like, yeah. <laughs> What's the relevance? Uh, you know him? Like, are you asking if we're related? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the point is of your comment. <laughs> Or I get another one, especially in Toronto. I've never heard this anywhere else. Toronto is very known for this. My oh, my nanny's Filipino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was times when I'd laugh and I'd be like, just for kicks, oh, what's your nanny's name? And they would tell me, and I'd be like, yeah, I don't know her. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're asking me, I don't know who that is. Like. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's just like that's just straight up funny stuff so yeah for any filipino listening to this i hope you like laugh at that anytime that it comes up now because it is kind of ridiculous and it's it is a waste of energy to get upset about it mm-hmm. i think it's something to just fucking laugh about because it is the funniest i was telling I was telling kevin like the next time that happens to me i'm literally gonna ask the person like oh what are you and see what they say. And if they say white, I'd be like, oh, oh Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. <laughs> let me just throw this back at you for a second and be like, oh, Donald Trump. And just see, like, mm-hmm. if, it's, if, if we're going to continue being racist or, like, stereotypical, how about we just do it both ways? You know, like, yeah. let's just make the field a little even here now. <laughs> and I think, do you think a part of it's because they don't know how to, I think they feel that they don't know how to talk to you? So they just yeah. bring up something that's it's in like common, like oh, I know this awkwardness. person. Yeah, it is, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, just ask, ask me how my day was, was. <laughs> or like, if you guys, before. you guys don't get to see Sandy, but she literally just scratched her head <laughs> and was like, just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, but like, like you had said before, just ask me what my career is. Like, yeah. human what music things. do you listen to? I like, yeah. I like that is my new. Thing. Oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And they're like Taylor Swift. Okay, no, we can't. I can't fuck with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like fuck around with singing her karaoke yeah. and stuff, but like otherwise, no. Nah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> Remember, it can, it's not called racism. It's honestly just fair is fair now. <laughs> if I do yeah. it to you, so it. it I, but I do it all the time now and. I know a lot of people who do it all the time and we're like, haha, mm-hmm. wait, people. And I'm going to sell out my people for a second. So if anybody hears somebody say, but they're, they're talking about, about white, white, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> just calling Filipino people. I'm going to sell out my people. <laughs> yeah, I'm selling you guys out. Stop being passive. Just say white out loud. Don't like talk English and then go, but that? Like, yeah. that's so obvious, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Filipinos all around that are listening to this. You can no longer you use that. <laughs> But I I would really like to know how many white people are actually listening to this, though. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so I have a question. As we joke about all these casual racist things, (laughs) there's often the question that I hear, and you probably hear it too, um, when it comes to comedians. So, example, Mm. Joe Coy, Russell Peters, people that are of color and have racial jokes. How do you, like, Mm. how do we feel about that? I don't know. Okay, so my favorite comedian is Dave Chappelle. And he puts it in a very matter-of-fact type of way in one of his latest Netflix um, specials. Specials? Yeah, when he just addresses the job of a comedian. Mm -hmm. The job of a comedian is saying the shit that we're thinking we're not no one else is willing to say yeah right and that's why there's certain there's certain avenues of comedians some of them are sarcastic some of them are Mm -hmm. you know this is how they joke and some of them are aggressive some of them are obnoxious and some of them are a matter are type of people that are a matter of fact like this Mm -hmm. is my experience i'm not gonna say like hearing about them but it's shit that i've thought about in my own head and i'm just like yeah that actually is mm-hmm. true, and it's pretty funny because I thought that way as well. I guess what we're trying to see, or if we're trying to understand, is if it does negative things to influencers listening or to people yeah. that are listening to it. Is that kind of like 
the route we're going with, like if it's more detrimental to it. So I, I don't know if it makes it detri like if it's detrimental to. I don't know. Personally, I'm biased. I enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, comedians. I love comedians that that bring out their culture and call out their culture mm -hmm. because it's like. It's how we relate to each other. And that's like Filipino culture too. We laugh at ourselves. That's that's our nature. <laughs> so, I mean, basically everything we spoke about is pretty potent in terms of race. There's a lot of takeaways I think people will get from this coming mm -hmm. from two different sides. I'm fully Filipino. You're half. Mm -hmm. So it's different perspectives. A lot of people have different perspectives. But also realizing that it does i'm going to uh, we're going to selfishly say it starts with our generation because yeah. we're the one bearing children right now and this is the movement that we all need to be on the same page so that we can break this cycle mm -hmm. of unnecessary really unnecessary racism and it, it starts with us because we're the ones creating children for the next generation this yeah. may not ever terminate in our time but at least to be able to leave them with a path that gives a fair advantage of them to fight this moving on. Mm -hmm. So as we try to move forward and figure out what we're going to do to continue fighting this fight, mm -hmm. like you said, I feel like it starts with us mm -hmm. first reflecting on how we contribute to this issue how we can check ourselves how we can eat like how we can reflect on our privilege mm -hmm. and then having that knowledge about where we come from mm -hmm. and what our history is and then teaching the future generations because yeah. all to everybody that's trying to have that conversation with your family your parents and your grandparents but some of those things are so ingrained Mm -hmm. that I don't know that we'll even be able to change that. And instead of mm -hmm. getting into a fight or an mm -hmm. argument and getting frustrated, I think it's yeah. easier for us to start with ourselves and work on teaching our children, the next generations, yeah. how to make this better, yeah. how to do the right thing. Yeah. And it comes with, right, like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. We know better, but that's on the shoulders of everybody else that had to sacrifice the shitty yeah. situations they've had to go through we know mm -hmm. better because of that so and our parents are part of that generation yeah. right so they had to live through that they didn't know any better they don't know what we know mm -hmm. and they may not even understand what we know yeah and so it's just trying to relate to them as best as you can in terms of filipinos like we i said in the conversation before or earlier in the conversation is their view on racism from what I know, is from a social, pers a social, socioeconomic perspective, yeah. and when you bring it down to that level, I feel like that helps. Another friend has brought it, brought it into a religious conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just we're all trying to learn this language. What is it? We're trying to learn the linguistics on yeah, how to talking about this. Yeah, how to communicate in. A tangible relatable way mm -hmm. everybody speaks a different language yeah right like and that is not just in it like a superficial way like 
you know, Mandarin, Cantonese, Tagalog, not mm-hmm. like that. I mean, even in English, we all speak different versions of English. So yeah. learn that too and understand that too. And I don't know. We just hope that everybody's trying to do their best to figure out the situation at hand. Because, I mean, it comes down to that is just understanding that something is wrong and trying to change it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll leave you with that for now and check out our ig for next week's topic yeah. we don't know what it is yet unfortunately it's a discussion to be had but if you are curious about what next next week's episode will be check out our ig handle naked tongues podcast mm-hmm. we'll be posting on there yeah and also feel free to comment on things you want to hear mm-hmm. um, us talk about obviously yep. we're not professionals in any way but I don't know. Sometimes we have some interesting gems to drop <laughs> from <laughs> conversations we've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I obviously don't don't think if we don't talk about your topic that we're ignoring you. We may not have really validating experiences to talk about on mm-hmm. that. And I mean, moving forward, we might even bring some people in to talk about certain things because you know this is a, doing a podcast is also a learning experience for us. Yeah. So moving forward, we're definitely going to implement all those little podcast tricks and uh, make the show better for you moving forward. But this is the end of our episode today. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. We hope you um, enjoyed. Had a we hope you few laughs with us. <laughs> yeah, laughed a bit with us. And hopefully you take away from this uh, some good resources and and maybe perspectives on how to treat Uh, the issue of racism Mm -hmm. all right we'll see you guys next week see you next week Bye. bye